Hello, welcome to Rocking with the 90s. I'm your host, Miguel Eugène, and today we'll be going over the economic recession under President George H.W. Bush. Before developing a comprehensive case of the recession that underwent the early 90s, we must analyze the root cause that is seen in prior traces to the times the American economy faced setbacks, most notably found in the stock market crash of 1987, or Black Monday. During George H.W. Bush's service as second-in-command, former President Ronald Reagan's economic policies, or Reaganomics, had a profound effect on the United States. By endowing the very wealthy with the provision of tax cuts, the policy resulted in both an economic boom and insufficient funding of expenditures that led to large deficits, as well as an even bigger divide between the upper and lower social class that culminated in U.S. markets falling more than 20% in a single day. After the presidential election of 1988, where the Republican nominee and incumbent Vice President George H.W. Bush defeated Democratic Governor Michael Dukakis of Massachusetts through his promising memo from that year's Republican National Convention, quote, Read my lips, no new taxes. The people who remember the economic prosperity of Reagan elected Bush. Meanwhile, 90s economists and investors beg to differ, believing that Reagan's ongoing deficits would cause problems. Furthermore, this notion for concern was expanded onto the stratosphere. Thus, between the Federal Reserve Bank, who sought to counter these issues by embracing a restrictive monetary policy, and the Democratic-controlled Congress that proposed the increase of existing taxes, the Bush administration quickly reflected as a result a dramatic limit for economic growth starting with the economic recession that July of 1990 and ending in March 1991. Entering the recession from an in-depth perspective, there were three primary indicators to examine that best depict the disparity at the time, that being the S&P 500, crude oil and natural gas prices, and the unemployment rate, since these were the most relevant numbers to the recession. On one hand, the stock market was very proficient under senior Bush's administration, gaining nearly 60% in its four-year term. Concretely, the S&P 500 or the Standard & Poor's 500 Index, which is a market capitalization index that encompasses the 500 largest U.S. publicly traded companies based on the number of public shares available for trading, rose 47.5%, which is a robust growth with an average annual return of 11% that kept consumer confidence for stocks elevated. In addition, according to Capital Wealth, Senior Bush was fifth among all presidents since the benchmark index inception in 1957, providing more than twice the average annual return for a U.S. president, which is 44.7%. And not to mention, doing far better over the stock market performance of his son, former President George W. Bush. While oil and gas prices did peak throughout the span of the Gulf War, these faced a low inflation that was essential to the recession, and by the end of the administration were back on the decline. 
Moreover, the Gulf War was a geopolitical conflict at the arrival of 1991 regarding Iraq's invasion of Kuwait after accusing the latter of stealing its oil that pivoted a coalition of UN members against the forces of former Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein. For all that, within a week of the invasion, petroleum reserves located in the Persian Gulf region became harder to access, causing oil production to decline. Having this into effect, crude oil prices rose rapidly over $20 a barrel, generating a spike that affected Americans at the gas pump, as prices skyrocketed from $0.90 cents up to $1.40. With this reasoning in mind, alarmed by the potential repercussions that the loss of oil interests in the Middle East would implicate, George H.W. Bush had the U.S. join the cost to lead the war effort that drove its occupying forces out. After claiming victory, Senior Bush made the following assertions in his address on Iraq's invasion of Kuwait in 1990. Quote, The stakes are high. Iraq is already a rich and powerful country that possessed the second largest reserves of oil and over a million men under arms. It's the fourth largest military in the world. Our country now imports nearly half the oil it consumes and could face a major threat to its economic independence. Much of the world is even more dependent upon imported oil and is even more vulnerable to Iraqi threats. These were the words spoken by Senior Bush as a reflective statement in response to the ramifications of the Gulf War regarding U.S. embargoes on all trade with Iraq and U.N. sanctions. An address that raised the question of an eye-opening liability to the U.S. economy found in its ties to the Middle East for oil reliance. Unfortunately, on home turf, the ramifications that came to Bush's economy and the recession after Kuwait was invaded were irrepressible. Once the number of drilling rigs decreased in the Persian Gulf region and the jump in oil prices began as collateral from the derailment in the flow of imported oil, there was too much gas chasing for too little a market, entailing a worrying low inflation. Evidently, as prices returned to their previous lows after the liberation of Kuwait proved to be successful in February of 1991, producers scaled back their capital expenditures, or the amount spent in an acquisition of fixed assets, say oil or gas, from the government. In the big picture, oil prices and levels of inflation often share a cause and effect dynamic. As oil prices rise or fall, inflation, which is the measure of general price trends in the economy, follows the same direction in what can be described as being in direct proportion to one another. Consequently, the low inflation rate of oil prices indicated that the demand for oil was lower than usual, and since gas is an even more refined version of crude oil, according to Investopedia, the correlation between the price of oil accounted for 25% of the change in natural gas prices. Nevertheless, the fact that oil created a spike in the U.S. economy simultaneously peaking natural gas prices resulted in wasted capital expenditures from the decline of manufactured trade sales that further eroded consumer confidence. At last, there was the unemployment rate. According to New York Times economist Leonard Silk on Economic C, the broad impact of the Gulf War, after the disruption of commodity flow, the low inflation effects saw a peak unemployment rate at 6.8%, surpassing the 1953 and 1969-1970 recessions. Yet, it is important to underline that it was a modest unemployment, one of the mildest in the post-war era. 
At face value, workers were fired particularly by demand-side reductions, partly because of the increase of high interest rates in oil and gas, as mentioned previously. This further exacerbated a lack of consumer confidence as citizens fearing the worst for their employment began to save money instead of spending it. However, it was revealed later on that the Federal Reserve's slow raise of interest rates to keep inflation in check over the past two years before the recession was what influenced this turn of events, that prompted by the economic ripples of the war and the absence of a safety net on the behalf of the Federal Reserve's account of abrupt low-trending inflation backfired. On point with the unemployment rate returning to its regular flow as late as June 1922. Lastly, it is essential to remark that the duration of the recession and its sluggish recovery of eight months became a key factor in George H.W. Bush's defeat for re-election in November 1922. This was precisely because consumer confidence never got back to how it used to be at the start of this administration. Given that despite the wellness of the S&P 500, the dissatisfaction of oil and gas prices and irrational fear for unemployment rate led voters to be swooned by Bill Clinton's promising economic goals. In conclusion, the early 90s recession was a deceptive economic hindrance in George H.W. Bush's presidency that toppled his chance for re-election by a loss of consumer confidence as a result of the oil and gas spike from the Gulf War, coupled with a misguided fear for unemployment that ultimately secured the post of a one-term president. This was Rocking with the 90s. I'm your host, Miguel Eugen. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and remember to rock on.
That was a David Bowie song. another one I could screw up. What is it? Am I going to do this by myself? Yeah. Do it by yourself. Okay. Well, I think I'll try it in a different key. I'll try it in the normal key. Yeah. If, if it sounds bad, these people are just going to have to wait. We'll do it. <laughs> 